waking up. <laughs> I, I posted a picture of us like on the couch, like with the screen there. Yeah. You know, and then on Instagram, just like on the story, and then someone messaged me, and it was Vinny. He's like, "Dude, that's a great movie!" Like out of nowhere. <laughs> oh, Colin. Oh, you haven't talked to me. Colin years. was the star of that movie. Remember Zombie House? Hey. His whole hand hit the controller, but then it like turned on the TV. Dude, all and, yeah. four of us in this room were in that film, VCA yeah. Zombie House. That's what we need to talk about. on YouTube. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. making of. <laughs> I don't know how many times I got killed as a zombie. No, we'll film it. We'll be like the, the, the protagonist. Yeah, people yeah, answer questions. Yeah, yeah, Q and A. You're the action hero. Yeah, yeah. it just turned into that. I think. Yeah. yeah. When, you, when you get shot, and <laughs> I like but how you know how we're doing that series where they uh, right now where we ask the pastor questions. Yeah. It should be us instead asking us questions about the about film. zombie house. Yeah. 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 yeah, it's like a 20 minute movie film. Well, I mean, like, seven minutes of it is just the, the highlights at the end. Yeah, that's true. That's true. All the bloopers. Yeah. Yeah. But Col- at the end where Colin accidentally turns on the TV and it's Spongebob and all the zombies become more human-like from watching TV and all the, all the humans become more zombie-like by watching the TV. What's good, everybody? This is the We Carry the Fire podcast, a podcast designed to be inspirational and applicational, tactical and practical. And I have some uh, special guests with me, sort of special guests. They're sort of regulars, but they're always special. Two out of three are special. Which one's not special? Me. We won't you're you're calling say. yourself not? What are you? Well, you're you're going to go for the house. I'll, I'll I was going to say make them, make them guess by the end of the episode which one's not the special one. <laughs> I was going to just say Colin's not special. <laughs> Why? Uh, I think he can take an insult better than the rest of you. Like wow. when I insult you guys, you come back at me. When I insult Colin, he just laughs. Yeah. So he doesn't have a comeback. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Uh, anyway, we got Mark, my brother, and Noah. That's right. Uh, brother in Christ. My brother in Christ. There you my go. Bic. You see what I did there? That doesn't sound good. B I C. Noah brother the Bic. In Christ. <laughs> uh, they have the Brokenness to Faith podcast. If you aren't listening to that, you should start listening to that. We're the podcast pals. And then uh, our youth pastor here at Podcast Pals. Yeah. That's good. We got all kinds of stuff going on. <laughs> And then we have Colin, our youth pastor here, and his wife Malika may or may not come in. So, what's up, Colin? Hey, how's it going? Good to be here. Good. You're obviously the most mature out of the three <laughs> guests here today. Yeah, maybe. I've... But maturity doesn't equal fun. That's true. That's true. But sometimes it, it equals insight. Yeah. Or inspiration. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> different, different kind of special. <laughs> A different kind of special is what he said. Yeah. Um, all right, so we're going to jump into this. Maybe a two-part. We'll see what time allows. Uh, but Easter's coming up, and our church has been going through the seven quotes from Christ on the cross. And even if you are not a believer, uh, not a Christian, or you don't know much about the Bible, or you've been walking with Jesus for decades, reviewing these four, seven statements from the cross is incredibly inspirational. It shows the heart of God. Um, like, let's just say even someone who says, oh, Jesus isn't the Son of God, Listening to what he said from the cross is just incredibly inspirational. And then you add on to it that he is the Son of God, the creator of all things, dying for the, the creation to display his love for us, suffering the wrath of God uh, for us. So before we jump into these, let's just give a review of what it took for Christ to get to the cross. Like from when he was brought before Pontius Pilate. Does anyone want to volunteer to be like, here's like some bullet points of what happened, like the suffering, the passion. Anyone want to jump in or you want me just to drone on? Well, Mark has the Bible degree. No, no, go for it. I do, but I'll let you start. Well, Mark's got a button-up shirt, so he's That's arguably true. the most professional That's true. out of us. Or he's a ranch hand. He's about to, <laughs> to go 
round up some cattle. That's right. That's right. How about I do it? Okay. Okay. I'll give you some insight. All right. So Jesus is arrested. First, he's praying in the garden. He knows he's going to the cross. He's in Gethsemane. His disciples keep falling asleep. And uh, he's praying, even so stressed and overwhelmed that it's, it, he's sweating drops of blood. There was even scientific, biological things taking place from this stress. Hemoglosis like is a thing that was happening. And yeah, it, does, it can happen blood, in extremely yeah. rare situations. Yeah, where blood vessels in your head and stuff like that. Out of stress and anxiety. Just yeah. anguish and anxiety, yeah. realizing that God is going to turn his back on him and pour out his wrath on him. Yeah. Uh, he is betrayed by Judas. He is arrested there in the garden. He is brought before Pontius Pilate in just a joke of a trial. Uh, Pilate doesn't want to kill him, doesn't know what to do with him, so he sends him to Herod. Herod says, hey, show me what you can do. I've heard some crazy things about you. You know, do some magic tricks. Uh, Herod sends him back. They mock him. They beat him. Um, they put the crown of thorns on him. They put a purple robe to mock him as a king. Yeah. And he's bleeding from the head from this crown of thorns. And then... Uh, he comes back to uh, Pilate. Pilate still doesn't want to kill this man, so he decides to scourge him and try to compromise and yeah. appease the crowd. So With they the sent him for the 39 lashes, and each one of those, each whip had uh, nine lashes on it and glass and pieces of bone to rip the back open. And so they just shred this guy. And um, he's, then he comes back, and the crowd chants, crucify him, crucify him. They march him, uh, carrying that cross to Golgotha, to that hill. And they pin uh, an iron peg through his wrists, that bone that splits at your wrist, and uh, through his feet. And then they hoist him up, and that, that cross just comes in with a thud into its place. And there he is, naked and bloody and mocked. And the crowd is there ridiculing him. The soldiers are gambling for his clothing at his feet. I mean, fulfilling all kinds of prophecies. And then we see him on the cross for about a period of six hours. And over these six hours, he makes seven statements. Anything to add to that summary, guys? That when Pilate had him to be um, scourged, it was not uncommon for someone to die from that. Yeah. From, from historians' view, that they've said people have died just from the lashes and all that. Even So even before he got to the cross, it wouldn't have been unusual if he would have died then and there. Yeah. The other one, random from that, is Golgotha. The meaning of it is the place of the skull. Yeah. And it's the okay. same hill that um, that Abraham took Isaac up to sacrifice his son. And as he lifted the <clears throat> knife, uh, he saw a ram caught in the thickets in the thorns. Mm -hmm. And the ram, it says specifically, was caught by his head in the thorns. And then you have Christ on the hill, the Son of God, with thorns wrapped around his head. I mean, fulfilling the picture from a thousand years earlier on the same hill, in the same place. Uh, so this was no accident. This right. is thousands of years in the making. And this is the pinnacle of history. Um, and it is incredible. Good. Thanks for adding that. Anything else to add before we jump into quote one? Uh, I think uh, Simon it. the Cyrene, right? Uh, yeah. Jesus on the way, uh, carrying the, the longest part of the beam of the cross up you know, through the town and up the hill, he falls because he's so badly beaten and abused. And so they commission a man in the crowd in the crowd to come along and help him carry that cross. And uh, it's pretty intense because this guy ends up going back to the place where he came from, and there's a whole revival um, because he tells people about the Jesus he met as he helped him carry this cross up and. You know, his sons and his legacy, like, is a really powerful 
um, yeah. story. Probably a good one to talk about another day, though. Yeah, yeah. Simon, the guy who carried the cross, just a traveler, saw yeah. a brouhaha, saw a bunch of people watching a procession <laughs> and went to check it out. It's in the Bible, brouhaha. It's, <laughs> it's a big book. It's in the it's, back. It's, it's Hebrew or something. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. Hebrew. And uh, yeah, and he just carrying the cross and witnessing it that close to Jesus changed his life, changed his family, changed yep. his town. I mean, he brought revival because yeah. he carried the cross. The gospel got to there. Africa. That's, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's the first time I got there. Still. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I thought you'd have something to say. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's good. Uh, all right. All right. Just look. Okay. Um, yeah. All right. Well, let's jump in. The first quote from Christ on the cross. There he is nailed to the cross, naked and bloody. And he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. What are your first reactions and um, thoughts on that? Well, he's actually, because we're talking about fulfillment, he's actually fulfilling one of his own commands. Love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good for those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, Matthew five forty four. Yeah. So he's already, just by his words, he's already fulfilling, or at least living out, even in his last hours, what he was preaching. Yeah. You know, to love your enemies. You know, he's already basically doing that from the cross, as not just like... They wronged me a little bit. Yeah. You know, or they made a mistake, forgot to pick me up, you know, like in our day or something. No, like like they're killing him and he's still forgiving them. It's an unbelievable. You know, like right. in today's terms, one more is there was that that uh, guy who went in that uh, AME church years ago and was it Charlton or yeah. whatever and he shot up everyone? Well, yeah, I remember that. Well then the people the survivors, the family members who were there in the courtroom, you know, he's on the video screen in that room. They were telling him, we forgive you. Wow. Jesus yeah. forgives you. It's a two-minute clip on YouTube. Just look it up and want to cry. And, <laughs> like, they were saying, look, we forgive you. We love you. We welcome you into our Bible study. And we will continue to pray for you and love on you, even though he did that to their relatives. That's, wow. That's living out what Christ was saying on the cross. Yeah. And I think in moments where... You have, you, you, like, we look at that and say, how could they forgive him? Like, how could they just yeah. not say, I'll forgive him when he's dead? Like, <laughs> yeah. but then when something happens to you, when you're walking with the Lord, a lot of times he gives you the grace to rise to that. You couldn't do it on your own. And from the outside looking in, you can't do it. But when you're there, there's those moments, at least in my experience, where the grace just swells up. And if I'll take advantage of that grace swelling up like a wave and I'll act in that moment and grant that forgiveness and let it go. You can forgive extraordinary things. However, I've also had it happen where that, that wave swells up and then it washes ashore and I'm still holding on to it. And I still yeah. haven't granted that. You, have you experienced that where mm -hmm. you have this supernatural ability to forgive and this grace that just overwhelms, but you may or may not use it. I don't know. Like I have two people right now that I'm having a hard time. Yeah. I'm having a hard time forgiving. And I look at the grace that God has shown me and I need to You can tell him. Noah now. You can ask him now. <laughs> Noah, We're here right now. Noah, I forgive <laughs> you. Well, you know what the crazy thing is about the whole thing is uh, Jesus was doing it in the moment. In the moment. He wasn't yeah. just While like waiting. Like yeah. when you're in the heat of your, when you could be as humans in the heat of your emotions, he forgave them then and there. Because I'll say like if yeah, he, he didn't if take this, a night yeah. sleep on it or nothing. Or, yeah, because if this happened kind of when he was point. back when he was resurrected visiting people and then he said father forgive them it wouldn't have mattered the as same. much it yeah. wouldn't have been the same Good as point. right here right now um but the other thing i want to add is that i like that this is the first statement he makes is mm. father forgive them you know this wasn't the last thing he said before it's finished this wasn't like this was the first thing that he thought to do was before i say anything else let me make sure i forgive them let me make sure this is clear and then i'll say what else i want to say and 
get to everything else. I think it's important to remember that that should be the first step is to forget because we can't do anything else or get to anything else with somebody if there's that animosity there yeah. between them. You know. Well, doesn't the Bible talk about that? Like, if you don't forgive your brother, you know, I will not forgive you. Yeah. And so sometimes we think, okay, whatever. But in reality, that's a big deal. Like, if you hold some type of grudge or judgment against someone that you don't make right, I mean, when we get to in front of you know God on Judgment Day, what's going to happen there? When we held all these grudges, we didn't think it was a big deal because we went to church, tithe, yeah. even served the poor, did all these things, but we still held something in our heart against someone. That that's scary stuff. Yeah. Did you have something to add, Colin? Yeah. Um, so. Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. Initially, the thought that comes to my mind is I think about the Bible talks about sin in a couple different ways. You kind of have this idea of general sin. You have trespass, right? And you have iniquities. And there are three different words that um, can kind of be interpreted differently. So I I was looking up what the definitions are, kind of what they mean. Obviously, well, I mean, obviously, but to sin is to miss the mark. This is idea like an archery thing, right? You shoot and you miss, you're off to the left or whatever. Um, it shows that like there's maybe an attempt to do right and you just you fall short like you made a mistake and you know you acted up in the moment and there was a problem so I'm trying to think what kind of what is Jesus forgiving them for but I think the second definition gets closer to the um, the real meaning of it the next one is transgression and this is kind of a willing like a choice it's the idea of like don't trespass here if you jump into the you know this backyard to grab a football we did that the other day we we jumped into our neighbor's backyard to grab a football that went over um, the wall that's a trespass like it's a choice you know what you're doing you're going in there um it's usually intentional, but the last one really stands out. It's iniquity. And it's this idea of premeditated, like a plan to sin, right? Like, and with these people, there was a premeditated plan to, to crucify Jesus. Like it was in the works. People didn't like what he was doing. There's a couple different groups of people involved here. You got religious people that didn't like Jesus because he uh, equated his self with God and said that he was his son and uh, you know him and the father were one and they're like no we don't like that and other people were scared over the political thing they thought oh Jesus will rise up into power and he'll you know he'll overthrow the government and whatnot and then there's other people that didn't like it for other reasons but either way there was this pre-planned idea this is the deepest level right and there's a parallel of this in our in our system of um, like in our judicial system because you have murder uh, you have manslaughter and you like, but the, the difference is the intention behind it, right? It, like you could, you know, be speeding and you hit somebody and you kill them. And that's not a necessarily a murder. It's called a homicide because it, you didn't go out to hit somebody in your car. You just were being careless. But right. the highest degree of murder has this idea of intention behind it. I was planning. I, I packed up the weapons I needed. I knew what time they'd be home. I waited outside the house to catch them there and I did it. And this is the sort of killing that we see Jesus forgiving them for, like the highest level of sin. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like there's, there's the sin where you missed the mark. You right. just messed it up. Yeah. It wasn't intentional wasn't aimed to get yourself anything or hurt anyone, but it happened. Yep. And then you have the trespass, which is like, I think I can get away with this and gain for myself. Right. But I'm not trying to hurt anybody like else necessarily. Exactly. Yeah. And then you have the iniquity, which is I'm doing this to crush someone. Yep. I want pain. Right. I want to hurt yeah. them. I want to kill them. And all those levels are forgiven yeah. by Jesus on the cross. And yeah. we look at the, you're absolutely right in, in looking at all oh, the political leaders, the religious leaders, they killed Jesus. We all know ultimately what killed Jesus and brought him to the cross was our sin. It was yeah. you, it was Noah, it was Mark, it was me, it was all of us, it was our sin, it was the sin of the world um, that brought him to the cross. And so 
it was our sin that nailed him there. I know The Passion of the Christ, that film by Mel Gibson, <laughs> did a great job of showing the suffering of Jesus yeah. accurate to yeah. the text. Um, but, the, you know, the only part he's in, did you know this? He's in the movie, Mel Gibson. Oh, that was, didn't he play Jesus? No, that's Jim Caviezel. Oh, he's seen the movie. Yeah, someone hasn't. Someone hasn't read their Bible. I don't know. If no our, one knows. You didn't no, see Mel Gibson. I've seen in the it, film? but I don't know what party. Yeah, did you know what party's in? I was too busy crying in the moment. Dude, I was crying. <laughs> I wasn't looking for Mel Gibson. I was just in the moment. In the moment, he is in the movie. In one scene, it's his hands driving in the nail. Only his hands are in the movie. Driving the nail oh, into Christ's wrist. I would have never known that. Right. I don't I know, know his, his hands, hands that well. well. So I, I know his hands well. I'm the biggest fan. I'm the biggest Mel Gibson. He's a hand fan. model. I'll recognize his hands anywhere. <laughs> um, no, but I saw you know a commentary on it, and it's his hands, and he said because it was my sin that nailed him there. Mm. It wasn't the Romans. It wasn't the Jews. It wasn't the Pharisees. It wasn't the crowd. It it was the plan of God, prophesied for thousands of years, both in picture form and historical form, and in in verbal. Uh, you know, preachings by the prophets that this was the plan of God to crush Jesus for our sin. And even as he's being crushed, he is saying, forgive them. And it's ultimately the entire reason why Jesus is on the cross yeah. was to bring forgiveness. That was the entire reason. Any other thoughts on... Um, yeah, there's one last thing I want to mention that came to mind while Colin was speaking is, because Jesus does say at the end, for they know not what they do. And, and the one other area I think that can be true for us is that we often don't think about the position that other people are in. So I do think there were probably some people there, some of the low-level soldiers or whatnot, who just thought that they were doing yeah, the right doing thing, a job, right? following yeah. orders. I get and, paid to do this, like right? The centurion right. And overseeing I, it. This morning, I was actually on our way to church. The uh, Jesus Christ shows on the radio, and the I don't, guy where the host yeah. himself is Jesus. I don't Christ. really care for it, but he does have some. There, he answers questions, and some of them are. I hate the intro. Yeah, he's What's like, his real name? Do you know his real I name? I don't know, but yeah, it'd be funny. Be like, like, hey, Chris, would you be yeah. on a podcast? Who's Chris? I'm Jesus. <laughs> so yeah. if you don't know what it is, it's an AM radio show on Sunday mornings where the host pretends to be Jesus or says but it's it's, yeah, it's pushing weird. it because he'll weird. say this is the Jesus Christ show I am your host Jesus Christ and people Christ. call him Jesus with yeah me they're like they hi Jesus I have this question about this verse I know but, the, oh, but, no. but that aside it's so though hard. it's so cringy yeah. but he does answer some <laughs> good questions he was answering a question and I do like what he said let's get to that and yeah. then we'll make fun of him some more but go ahead <laughs> the, the person was talking about road rage and I guess the, the person had a hard time with road rage and what he said was like imagine imagine like if like make a story for that person imagine that person that cut you off and was speeding had cancer and was trying to get to the hospital or something like that you'd be a little bit easier on them sure. to forgive them than just getting mad at them and his point was to say like you know you kind of have to understand maybe where they're coming from like yeah. it's easy to say oh i'm a okay driver and if i make a mistake it's just you know something else but it's them it's their bad driver they're at fault whatever and my point to say is that i think jesus looked at them and said I'm going to forgive them not only for the intentional stuff, but there's some people here who are looking at it from a different perspective, and I can hold it against them, or I can say, hey, this guy's just trying to do his job. He doesn't understand who I am and yeah. what I'm doing yet, maybe. Maybe they'll learn later on, and so I'm going to give them that grace and try to understand their perspective. I think it's true today is that you know, we might not be getting crucified, but there's people that might hurt us, and we can hold it against them, but from their perspective, maybe they thought they were right, yeah. or they didn't realize they what they no were doing idea. was wrong. Yeah. And we could be over here thinking, oh, how could they? And they're like, I didn't realize they even hurt you in the first place. You know right. what I mean? So and that's part of the reason why it's important to forgive first 
and then find out where they're at, what was going on, yeah. and, and try to forgive first together. is probably a good rule. Yeah, forgive first. Yeah, it's like <laughs> unconditional um, forgiveness. They they call it they call that idea interpersonal communication. Mm-hmm. They call it impact versus intention. Right. So like I might have intended to do something, but it impacted you negatively type right. thing, mm-hmm. or I might not have intended at all, but it didn't. You know, but it impacted yeah. you a certain way. And so yeah, the the forgiveness Jesus shows is extended to those that intentionally hurt him and those that were just doing a job and just present and yeah. just didn't speak up and say mm-hmm. anything like Pontius Pilate. He's, were still wrong. He's like, but, I didn't do yeah. anything technically. I just kind of just <laughs> let it, you know, I right. let it happen. I just yeah. was in the car when they decided what they were doing, you know. It's, right. But Jesus' forgiveness extends to both of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, how do we apply this? Father, forgive them. I mean, to, to have been uttering those words at the height of your pain when you're about to get crushed by the wrath of God because of these people who are doing this and all of humanity. But Father, forgive them. That was the whole reason he did it, that we could be forgiven. Uh, how do we apply that in, in our life and in our relationships, in our heart, in our mind? I mean, we've sort of answered that, but let's yeah. make sure we nail that down. Uh, how do the listeners, how do you and I, how do we apply that forgiveness truth that Jesus, he forgave from the cross we are his sons, we are his daughters, we are his disciples. We walk in his footsteps. Yeah. So how ought we to live? What are we to take from that? I, I think it would be to forgive as quick as possible, to make amends. As Like Noah said earlier, it was the first thing he said. Like, If you, as you come to Christ and as you're growing, you will start to see areas where you need to get right with people. And if it's safe to do so, do it as quick as you can. Yeah. Even if, even if it's like a divorce... Marriage doesn't mean you get remarried, but make amends as quick as possible to whoever it may be. Because for your conscience and in front of God, he will see that even if they don't accept it, you did what you need to do. Just Because there's a, people who probably didn't accept Jesus' forgiveness when he, when he said that later on. So, I mean, just you need to do it as quick as possible when you can because it's the right thing to do. Yeah, yeah well, you, what you said about that, the victims of that shooting, that's, that's pretty impactful. Yeah. Um, and forgiveness doesn't necessarily mean you have to welcome them back. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I, when you, I don't know if they actually invited him to a Bible study. In my opinion, that's a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but to tell him, you should get in a Bible study. Yeah. But that, yeah. Hey, if they did, good on them. Well, because he, he got invited before the shooting. Okay. He walked in, and they allowed him to join the right. Bible study. Right. They didn't invite him again because he was probably going to be because in of jail. His- yeah, <laughs> that would that would make it hard to make that meeting. Yeah, yeah. Um, Can I leave for a little bit, guys? I gotta study, guys. Um, but the uh, where does forgiveness happen? Does it happen in your actions? Does it happen in your words? Does it happen in your heart? Does it happen in your decisions? Like where where is that line where okay, you have forgiven? And that's a legit question. Because, um, I, like I said, there's a couple of situations in my life where I think I've granted forgiveness in my heart. Like the decision in my mind, I should say, is there. Like, okay, my mind, I know it's the right thing to forgive. I forgive. My heart isn't quite there. My emotions haven't quite followed. And I don't know that my actions have followed up on that either. So where is that line of forgiveness might be a good question. I think it starts in your mind. It starts with yeah. a decision. Like anything else in life, I have to decide, yes, I need to forgive. I have forgiven. But I don't know, any thoughts? Just open question. I don't yeah. necessarily have an answer I, for that. I would maybe argue to say that forgiveness is, for a believer, forgiveness is a, is a spiritual thing. Like, Jesus made it a spiritual thing. Yeah. If you don't forgive others, the Heavenly Father doesn't forgive you, right? So it might start with a commitment, a spiritual commitment before the Lord. and Say, Lord, 
I am working on forgiving them. Please help me to forgive them. Maybe trying to pray for them. Like that's a, that might be a spiritual thing before it is even just, you know, like a, an action or a word. Well, I think sometimes it has to be for sure in the heart. Cause you can always, you can always forgive in your heart and your mindset. But what if like someone passed away and you just, you needed to forgive them? Well, you can't at this point forgive them personally, or maybe an abusive person in your life will, probably not safe or smart to go to that person but you can do your best to forgive in your heart right you can always forgive in your mind and if you're unsure and you're part of a local church talk to your pastor how do i go about doing here's the situation i feel i need to forgive and, and talk to people who can give you godly advice if you're unsure on how to go about that as well yeah i think because yeah you're right sometimes people have died yeah can you still forgive a dead man absolutely so. because I think there's this sense in your heart when it's opened and that that holding of a grudge is let out and mm-hmm. it's gone. And I don't know if that's the point of forgiveness or if the point where you decision, like uh, right now I can say in my, in my heart, I've made the decision to open that door and it hasn't all left yet. Like it's yeah. not all out, but the door's open and I'm working on it. Yeah. So I, I know for Jesus on the cross, you know, he, he's something else, but I mean, <laughs> yeah. um, for us, he is something else. Might be the love, you know, the same thing we use about love where it's like love is a commitment yeah me and my wife will get into an argument but i'm not throwing my ring out and packing up my stuff you know like yeah there's still love there but there might not be emotions directly connected to it at that time there might not be nice things to say because so i'm gonna keep my mouth shut uh, but you know that decision to say you know i love you even though i'm upset even though i'm frustrated i'm making that commitment and forgiveness might be the same and what colin's referring to is you know in our church we talk about love and it's not like an emotion. Emotions are the bonus. It's the icing on the cake, but love is a commitment. Like I have committed to you through and through. Jesus on the cross loved us. He probably wasn't feeling a ton of emotion of love, but it was a commitment. (laughs) And so in a marriage, we say love is commitment and the emotions come and go is the reality. And it maybe forgiveness has some of that same feeling that it's a commitment, but the feelings are gonna come. And you you struggle with the emotion. But the, the decision is made. I don't know. Do you have anything to add? Um, one last closing thought for this. Yeah, you know, we're going to wrap it up with this one quote, and then we'll sure. start with quote number two, because um, this was a big one. In terms of application, I just want to say, if, if you struggle with forgiveness, I'd say start small. Um, because Jesus, this wasn't the first time he forgave, was here on the cross. You know, he probably many times forgave Pharisees for things they said. There was probably tons of times where we don't see in the scripture where people maybe mocked him or gave him hard times while he was preaching and he forgave them. And, you know, this wasn't the first and only time. There was a buildup to this. So I'd say, you know, start small. Start with the little things people do during the day. Things like road rage or, you know, people cut you off, things like that. Or, you know. So it's passive aggressive to you. Yeah, the little things like that that are maybe a bit easier to turn an eye to. Say, all right, I'm not going to let it bother me. I'm going to forgive them. And then you can kind of build up to the big stuff because, you know, as much as we would all love to be the people at that church, like Mark said, who can do that, I think if a lot of us were in that position, we probably wouldn't be able to do that. You know what I mean? I think it takes time to build up that, in a sense, that spiritual muscle of forgiveness to get to the point where it can become something easy. And so I think we just kind of got to work at it and, you know, forgive the little areas and build up to that big stuff if that's something that we struggle with. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the we can't wrap this up without what Jesus said about forgiveness, the, the story he told where, you know, a guy owes millions of dollars, yeah. you know, he owes a lifetime of money and he's forgiven of that debt. And then he goes out in the street and sees a guy who owes him 
a hundred bucks, you know, a day's wages, 200 bucks. And he holds that guy by the throat and drags right. him to court and says, pay me or send him to jail. Right. And I think if we can understand the magnitude of the forgiveness granted to us, I think that will make it a lot easier to grant forgiveness to others that you and I have been forgiven billions of sins, millions of sins. I don't know how many sins. I mean, every wayward thought, every wayward attitude, every moment of rebellion or, you know, uh, anger that is not godly anger, all of it has been forgiven in real time, like moment to moment, like Christ forgave them in real time at the cross. Father, forgive them right now for they don't know what they do. You and I go wayward. We get an attitude. We get a chip on our shoulder. We get greedy. We Whatever it is. And every moment that we're in that state, we're sinning and he's forgiving us in an ongoing sense. If we can understand the overwhelming magnitude of our forgiveness, that goes a long way with saying, yeah, you know what? They meant to do me wrong, yeah. but I'm going to let it go. I've been forgiven so much myself. Yep. I've been forgiven. I don't need to hold on to a grudge. I don't need that 200 bucks. I've just been forgiven <laughs> $2 billion. Yeah. You know, I'm good. Uh, I'm good. I don't need to hold that. And I think that's a good um, walk-off thought. I'm sure there's a whole lot more that after this we're going to be like, oh, I should have said this or that about <laughs> forgiveness. There's so much. Um, trusting in the sovereign plan of God. Joseph saying, you meant this for evil to his brothers. You did this yeah. intentionally to hurt me. For one reason, you hated me. You wanted to hurt me. But God used it for good. And we've seen thousands of people saved you know, in starvation in Egypt because you yeah. did this. So God can use even the wrongs of others against us. There's so much there. Uh, any closing thoughts? We're, we're about uh, 30 minutes, so we, I know we're like, oh, we'll see if we get halfway through these quotes. We got through <laughs> one, <laughs> and that's all right. That's our intelligence level right Marky the Big Brain. Marky the Big Brain. Marky Big Brain brought you. That's right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, anything else to add, guys? That's it. That's it. All right. Well, hey, uh, to the listeners out there, uh, if, if you know you're just holding on to a grudge, you're holding on to something, we want to remind you how much you've been forgiven and that you're, you're not alone in struggling with forgiveness, but Jesus forgave instantly on the cross, forgave even those who were literally nailing him there, forgave you and I. That was the reason he was there. And you and I need to accept that. And I think there is an incredible supernatural measure of grace that can overwhelm your heart. Like I mentioned earlier, it just swell like a tsunami in your heart where you're able to forgive even beyond your own ability, forgive something horrifying if you take advantage of that wave of grace. But if you choose to hold on, at least in my experience, that wave kind of goes down and then you wait for the next wave, but he'll give you that wave of grace to forgive others. Maybe this is your moment, that wave of grace, where at least in your mind, in your heart, you grant that forgiveness. Maybe someone like Mark said, who's passed away long ago, but you still need to forgive them. Uh, Someone you can't communicate with, but you can forgive them in your heart. if we hold on to unforgiveness, it's like dragging a corpse on our back. It's just, it's not, it's not going to do any good. It stinks. And so with that, I think we're going to wrap up. Any last thoughts on forgiveness? Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Mm. Good, good talk. I'm just keeping a tell of how many times you're going to say, um, any last thoughts? <laughs> any last thoughts? We're going to wrap yeah. it up. We're going to get set up. Yeah, Mark, Mark's a good up. tally man. He's good at like, he's good that's at keeping true. tallies of your mistakes. Father, yeah, forgive yeah. Mark. Father, <laughs> forgive Mark. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to wrap up this episode of the We Carry the Fire podcast. Send it to a friend. Hope it's been a blessing to you. Until next time. We carry. Keep, keep. Keep keep carrying the fire. Keep carrying the the. Any last thoughts, Mark? Keep carrying the 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 heat. Any last thoughts? The heat. Keep carrying the fire. Hot bright thing. There we go. Keep carrying the fire. All right. Any last thoughts? (laughs) Um, Well, do you have any last thoughts about last thoughts? I've shared my last thoughts. There's always more to think. Mm. Yeah, yeah. There's always more thoughts. Last thoughts will be next time. Last thoughts next time. Yeah. All right. Keep carrying the fire.